received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Good day, fight enthusiasts. It is UFC 279 weekend. Diaz versus Chimeyev in an absolute shit show version of the Gamble Bout Business Podcast. I used Dana White's quote, shit show, yesterday pertaining to the fighter interviews, and clearly that wasn't enough. The melee, not physical, but more devastating in terms of effect for this card for the UFC tomorrow, carried over into today's weigh-ins where Chemayev been driving around uh, doing circle wheelies in the racing car with Darren Till drinking Budweiser and eating smash burgers, weighed in eight pounds over the limit. That fight's probably off. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Shaisan and Aldana trying to make 135. Somebody went to the other behind the scenes, said, we got to do this at 140. And they did when they agreed to do that. Both gals came out. Eldana 137, Chase on 139 and a half. Hakeem Dawadu in a brilliant, beautiful highlight spot today. He rolls into his featherweight. That's 145 pound limit. He can go to 146 and he saunters in a buck 49 and a half. Then the frosting on the cake, Chris Barnett, a heavyweight. 266 limit, <laughs> he misses by a pound and a half. So right now behind the scenes, Dana White and the UFC are scrambling to try and keep this thing together. Most importantly, what happens with Diaz, Shemaev? You know, state fight commissions, when there's a difference in weight more than five, eight pounds, they don't let fights occur. So I think it's probable that fight comes down. Now, do they take Diaz and pair him with Ferguson or Jing Liang because that's the same weight class in the co-main event? I don't know. We're we're waiting to find that out. So that adds complexity to this fight card. And as we get into this fight card, I'll address the fights we're using and why. Before we do, let's take a quick review of what our standing futures are. Plus, September 5th on Twitter, I added a future that is coming up in a week or so, and that is the Dern Nan card that takes place September 24th, I think. Mackenzie Dern minus 205 against Zhao Nan plus 180. That was released September 5th on Twitter, Dern minus 205. Please make sure you have that. She's still there. They're not paying attention to that fight yet, although a few other outlets do have Dern a little higher than that. 
Also, on the October 22nd card, we've had both Sean Brady and Charles Dubronx Oliveira working for some weeks now. And then last week, I gave out on this podcast Gregory Rodriguez, who fights next week on the September 17th card. Rodriguez at minus 110. He's currently minus 115. And I think he could be 125 by the time that fight goes off. That's going to be an absolute barn burner. Last week, a good week, five and one plus 4.37. You know, I can't say we're going to do that every week, fight enthusiasts, but that's more of what I plan on trying to do each week. I can't control when the good results occur and when the bad results occur, but what I try and do is accentuate the good, minimize any kind of off result. Now let's move right into UFC 279 and round one. Round one, an early release published via VEASAN. It's the first fight on the card. Big boys, welterweights, 170 pounds. Darian Weeks and Johan Liness. Weeks and Liness. Weeks opens minus 115, Liness plus 105. Over under two and a half, under minus 140. Interesting. They're looking for some fireworks in this fight. Weeks has really had a less than stellar UFC run going 0-2. But looking at who he's been in there with, Brian Barberina and Ian Gary, one understands he's been in with fire and he's shown himself to be decent. He's highly competitive. He's well-rounded, got good power, striking, can grapple. Liness, on the other hand, Canadian, he's had one fight in the UFC, and he came in with a lot of hype. Now, Liness is a couple years older, which really doesn't hurt him. He's only 30, but he's two inches taller, four-inch reach advantage, much larger man. In that first fight against Gabe Green, he came out with all this fanfare and hype and painted Gabe Green's fence for a round, then he ran out of juice. Second round, Gabe Green came out and finished him. I think Liness learned a great lesson in pace, in debuts, and in real fighting evolution with that loss. And now we get these two guys both desperate, wanting to move on and further their career moving up the ladder. Again, Weeks opens minus 115. He comes today minus 125. I do like Liness. I like his size. I do think that Weeks may be the more well-rounded fighter, but I think Liness is up to the task. He gets a fighter, almost a clone image of Gabe Green, his first fight opponent. And for that reason, round one's release, Johan Liness, plus 110. Now let's move into round two. Round two is also on the early prelim card. And for this fight, we're going international again. It looks like I'm picking Canadians uh, because we have another Canadian here fighting Alatang from China. The Canadian's name, Chad Anheliger. Alatang, the Chinese fighter, the Mongolian Knight. A couple of weeks ago, we had the Mongolian Murderer. Alateng, again, Chinese. He's got UFC experience over Olinger. He's probably been in with the better competition, surely. 
though I think his skills are limited, he's well-rounded, but his striking is nominal. And Helliger comes with really dubious UFC experience, but he's going to have size on his side. And I like the way the line has moved here. The most profitable segment of UFC betting is when we can find an underdog priced from plus 100 to plus 190, and it the line moves in their favor, meaning the plus 100 fighter grows and gets to plus 120, 130, whatever. In this case, N. Helliger plus 120 at openers, plus 145. I like that sweet spot. This is a over under of two and a half shaded 180 to the over. These small guys in a big cage are going to move around and pick and poke, but I don't think anything major is going to get done. I agree with that over, and for that reason, we're going to take the dog on Helliger for a half a unit to win straight up. That's plus 145. Then we'll take Ann Helliger half a unit at plus 250 via decision. Round two, half a unit on, on Helliger each way. Now let's move into round three. In round three, again, I picked a couple of bouts. This is a parlay. Each of the fights released today, each of our releases involve fights where there have been no altercation, change, or manipulation to the weight class other than our round five pick, which I will explain when we get there. So these fights have been unaffected by all today's recent weight cuts, and let's hope it stays that way. Again, round three is going to be a parlay. And once in a while, I come in contact with a position that is just absolutely the correct side. And today, when we look at the fight between Jalton Almeida and Mr. Turkaj, who's a short-notice Swedish replacement who goes by the nickname Pleasure Man. Well, Pleasure Man might as well be that dude in the Green Mile because He's walking into an unbelievable beating against this Jayton Almeida. Now, these guys are 205-pound fighters, but this fight, because of the short-notice nature, was agreed at 220. Almeida's last fight was a first-round knockout of heavyweight Parker Porter. This guy, Jayton Almeida, is the kind of phenom that Chemayev was being made up to be, and it looks like he actually is not. This Jayton Almeida ain't going to go find some Irish goomba to go drink beer with. He's in the gym training, and he's going to smoke the pleasure man, Mr. Turkiage from Sweden. Now, the only way we could try and find to bet that is Almeida inside the distance, minus 275. I am happy to give that happy. So leg one of the parlay that is round three is Jayton Almeida. Now for the people shopping DraftKings, this is listed under winning method to win by finish. To win by finish allows for TKO, KO, DQ, and sub. So make sure you find that under winning method in the DraftKings drop-down tab. Leg two, parlay round three, up to the main card, Kevin Holland, Daniel Rodriguez. 
look, this is really a mismatch to begin with. Daniel Rodriguez is game, good boxing, but he's really a 55er that's fighting up at 170. Not overly large for the weight division. Holland is a 185er that has dropped cut weight to fight at 170, and he looks like a razor blade at 170. Because of the short nature of this fight, they had to recruit this fight to the card because the card was really lacking, you know, sex appeal. They made this a 180-pound fight because there was only two weeks for these fighters to get ready. Holland's the guy that's been fighting at 180. He's the one that's tasted that power, is used to that power, that size of man. This is too much for Daniel Rodriguez. He's a gamer and he'll fight well, but this is Holland's fight to lose. So round three's parlay. Jayton Almeida to win by finish, coupled with Kevin Holland. That's a 275 to 195. One unit brings back 1.08. Now let's move into round four. Round four is going to be a quick fight. Might be the best fight on the card outside of Liness and Weeks, the one that kicks us off in the early prelims. And in this fight, they're fighting at 205. You got Johnny Walker, who enters the fight unbelievably athletic. Long, tall, looks like he was chiseled out of marble. In this fight over Kudalaba, he's going to have a four-inch height advantage, seven-inch reach advantage, three-and-a-half inches with his legs. He's well more athletic, got footwork. But one other trait of Walker's fight game that he carries with him, besides those dominating physical attributes and his athleticism, is a porcelain chin. If you hit... Johnny Walker square on the chin. He's going to go out on you. And that's what's happened in his last few fights in devastating fashion. Siding with a fighter in this capacity, there has to be some compelling reasons for me to do it. And the compelling reasons are the opponent, which happens to be, in this case, Moldavian Ian Kutalaba. I've already mentioned how much physically larger, structured, longer, more athletic Walker will be than Kutalaba, but the difference in athleticism is going to force Kutalaba to be a wild bull in the pompous, which is how he fights anyway. It's going to force him to tr try and cut the ring off, but more importantly, he's going to chase Walker. And chasing a counterpuncher with the power and athleticism of Walker is really, really a bad idea. Now, can Kutalaba eventually cut the cage? press this kid against the fence, take him down and rain some ground and pound. That must be his plan, but it must be Walker's plan to use his deft athleticism to keep Kudalaba at the end of distance and in the absolute sweet spot of his shins, elbows, and knees. Kudalaba opens minus 195, Walker plus 165, Total is one and a half, interestingly enough, under minus 155. So most pundits think that Kudalaba is going to go out there and punch Walker in the chin and crumble him like a cheap suit, and that may well happen. However, there's got to be a little timing in this, and the physical difference, coupled with the fact that Walker, I think, has cleared his mind a little bit through some recent discoveries, 
I really like Walker as a live underdog here. Round four, Johnny Red, White, and Blue Walker is now plus 175 against Ian Kutalaba. Now let's move into round five. Round five, main card, 135-pound bantamweight ladies, Shaysan and Aldana. Oh, put the brakes on. Now it's a 140-pound fight. No problem here. Somewhere along the lines, both of those camps knew they were not going to be able to make weight. They approached the other and decided to move the limit to 140. UFC's fine with that. The fact that this second time Chasson's had to do this is disturbing for her future at 135. And it's also what I was waiting for to see how she was going to look when she hit the scale. Even at 139 and a half, she looked like she had been through a weight cut. Aldana weighed in a few minutes later, 137 and a half. To me, when I put the psychology of these two ladies in camps agreeing to a catch weight means neither wanted to negotiate any of their salary away for the miss. But it also tells me that Chasan has advantage here. Why? Well, she's 5'11". She's two inches taller than Aldana. And she's going to have four-inch arm and reach advantage. She's also coming off a fight at 145. She's a gal that's tasted featherweight competition. Aldana, not only has she not, she's coming off a 22-month layoff here. The fact that Aldana is a much better, slicker, more effective striker than Chasson doesn't compel me enough to actually consider Aldana a threat in this fight other than if she catches Chasson coming in. Total in the fight, two and a half minus 195 to the over. I think this is going to be a competitive fight, but at the end of the day, a boring fight because I believe Macy Chasson with her size is going to be able to get inside on Aldana take her to the fence, take her to the ground, and that's where the trouble starts. Round five, we're going to cut this one up. Macy Chasson straight up at plus 135, 0.6 of a unit. That returns 0.81. Macy Chasson decision, that's plus 280. That's a little more like it. I like that one too. We're going to put 0.4 of a unit on that. So there's a full unit invested. The 0.4 will return 1.12 units should Chasson win by decision. And again, that over-under is 2.5 minus 195 to the over. We have futures. We've got five rounds of fighting today. And we've got an interesting fight card. But at least the releases and the fights we've picked to this taping have been all intact and unaffected by the weight cuts. Please enjoy the fights. Good luck, and we'll see you next week. Boom! That's it! That is it! Unbelievable! That was insane! You've been locked into Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind-the-scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. that hand is ridiculous! Oh, my goodness! 
the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone, bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.